Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, expert in education, child development, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a trauma-informed, evidence-based, comprehensive social-emotional learning program. Based in neuroscience, Conscious Discipline holistically integrates social-emotional learning with discipline and school climate to create an optimal learning environment for both adults and children. It provides the seven powers for conscious adults to help teachers regulate their emotions enough to see conflict differently and the seven basic skills of discipline that empower teachers to connect with children enough in order to respond to conflict and upset in a way that instills life skills. Today we're going to continue with doing something a little differently. Now during the summer, each year we have a week-long summer institute. Well, we have a number of them actually. This is called CD1 or Conscious Discipline 1. Then in February we hold for a limited number of people, 48 to be exact, the Advanced Conscious Discipline Institute. This we affectionately call CD2. At CD2, each person who attends presents a 10-minute presentation about what they're doing with conscious discipline and the impact it's having on themselves, their school, their classroom, or their community. This 10-minute presentation is followed up with a poster session where attendees can learn more and ask questions. Now, you can't learn more and ask questions, but we found them so exciting and so enticing. We thought it would be wonderful to share some of what's going on out in the field through the words of the people doing the hard work. So today we're going to hear from two teachers, Rachel Frazier, who is a music dance specialist in a magnet school in Raleigh, North Carolina, and Alyssa McGraw, who is teaching fourth grade in Florida. They are both sharing some powerful stories of how they were part of transforming the lives of a child with trauma. So we will start with Rachel, who starts off by reminding us how powerful it is that we use our specialist in our conscious discipline transformation of school. Now, you know, of course, specialists are the art, music, computer, physical education, small reading groups, anything of that such. So remember, this is recorded live, so take it away, Rachel. I am the dance specialist at Underwood Gifted and Talented Magnet Elementary School. So this is where I'm going to put my plug in for your specialist. Hook them. We see every child in the school, and I just want you to think about that opportunity. Because when Alyssa was saying she worries because she teaches her children the skills and then the fifth grade might not be following up on that, if your specialists are practicing conscious discipline, your students are getting it in some form all the way through. So I just think, I frequently hear people go, but what about the specialists? Please hook your specialists. There's so much power in that. Um, if you want to know more about what it means to be a dance teacher, I can't do that in 10 minutes. So come talk to me at my poster presentation. And really there, what I have is pictures to show you what the different structures look like in arts classrooms. Um, I'm also the co-chair of Underwood's behavior support team. And so that's kind of a dual role. Part of that is looking at data for student behavior. And part of that is I work with Ashley and our friend Karen to implement conscious discipline at our school. 
Um, what's really exciting to me that you might also want to come talk to me about tonight is that I have been last year and then continued this year really taken on, we've taken on different <coughs> roles. And my chief role as far as conscious discipline goes is implementing school-wide family assemblies. And the first one was terrifying and completely fell apart. And then the second one was amazing and we've just run with it since then. So if you'd like to know more about what that looks like, come talk to me tonight. I am the current Underwood Teacher of the Year, and all I'm going to say is the best part of that is I have a designated parking spot, y'all. <laughs> so, I can show up just as long as it's right before, and I've got a spot, I don't have to go searching. Um, and I first started practicing conscious discipline in 2012. Now, the thing that I haven't put up here because I just couldn't put it in writing um, is that we found out two and a half years ago something about my husband that really... I've been so grateful to have conscious discipline in my life. And that is two and a half years ago, we found out that my husband has stage four colorectal cancer. So things get really crappy at our house sometimes. <laughs> but we know how to handle it when things don't go our way. Um, and so when y'all told the joke about constipation today, I send that to him because that's what he's dealing with and he did not think it was very funny. <laughs> I, I do want to talk to you today. I, like I said, I can't do it in 10 minutes, so I wanted to tell you a story. And the story I want to tell you is about my friend, Nevaeh. She's currently a second grade student at Underwood, and in kindergarten, she totally flew under the radar. There were some academic concerns, um, and that was documented, but there were really only two behavior referrals at that, at that point. And so I was aware of Nevaeh. She was in my classes, but then came first grade. And this is my classroom, and this is how Nevaeh looked in my classroom in first grade. She was in my yoga elective, and this is not a very meditative state at this point. And this was just a pause in the movement. Because what we saw was what we refer to as her cat-like behavior, and we call her Nevaeh the cat. She would slide around on the floor and bat things around. So children would like try to hand her things from the safe place to help her, because children are very aware of other people's states. And she would bat them around like a cat. Um, and so she was disrupting the class. She didn't feel safe. We didn't feel safe. I sure didn't feel safe. Um, and so really, truly, like the last week of that quarter, somebody looked at me and I was saying, I don't know what to do for Nevaeh. And they said, well, you don't have to worry about it. The quarter's over next week. And then Nevaeh was in my second quarter folk dance elective. And folk dance is very structured and very much a partner activity. And so when the cat-like behavior continued and no one felt safe, she had a really hard time finding a willing partner to work with her. And again, we went back to nobody felt safe. I didn't feel safe. I couldn't believe it was the second quarter of the cat in my room. <laughs> and so at that point, I was like, what do I do? And I went to talk to her teacher to see if the similar, similar actions were happening in her classroom. And what I found out was there was a whole lot more going on in her classroom than there was in my classroom. She was hiding under furniture. She kept verbally interrupting class. She gave non-compliant responses to teacher requests. Her favorite word was no to anything you asked her. And she struggled with transitions. Now remember in kindergarten she had two behavior referrals and in first grade she had 18. And so what her teacher said that was interesting to me, she kept repeating, she's just got attention seeking behaviors. I don't know what to do, she's seeking attention. So when I kept hearing that I went ding, ding, ding. 
Becky Bailey's in my head and I opened my mouth and out came out children who seek attention or children who seek connection and that teacher said well I let her sit beside me on the floor how much more connected can it be so at that point we kind of diverted and I chose the path less taken the teacher said we need a tier three behavior plan she completely skipped tier two we said, what happened to tier two? And she said, well, we've been trying things. We've tried everything we can and it didn't work. And I looked at her, I said, in one quarter, because she really was talking about second quarter. I said, in one quarter, you've tried everything you can? And she goes, yes. I said, did you try it long enough to see if it stuck before you tried the next thing? She said, no. So she really focused on that behavior contract. And so she had a treasure box reward system and a three strikes you're out with a removal to the office. And I realized that I saw Nevaeh in the office most of the day, every day. Most of the day, every day. And so I, I, I went to the teacher, I said, are you willing to let me try this? So I'm not asking you to do anything, will you let me try this? And so at that point we started a daily check-in, Nevaeh and I did. She would come see me in the morning, we would do some activities together and really truly it was about me being her person because Nevaeh did not have anybody that was willing to be her person at that time. What did it look like? Well, First we added visuals because Nevaeh was roaming in the morning. She got to school and people would be like, Nevaeh's down the hallway, you better go get her. And so what we did was we created this and it was actually vertical and attached to her book bag. So we talked about what she did when she got to school. She eats breakfast, she meets with Mrs. Frazier, she goes to class. We took pictures of every step. We took pictures of her smiling with her classroom teacher so she knew that she'd be there waiting for her. We started doing daily commitments and we had a sheet for each week. So this was just the top of the sheet. And so each day we would make that commitment and at the end of the day, we would just circle, I did it, or oops, I'll keep practicing. What we noticed was at the beginning of this process, she had some way out there commitments and she always did it. And the teacher was very concerned about that. But what we really realized was important was that she needed connection. And so the picture on the left is Nevaeh and I this week on Tuesday, because it was Mardi Gras. She could have been really, really distracted by my get up. But you see that for her, what was most important was that connection. And you see that we're doing hand-to-hand, -hand, and she really loves that forehead-to-forehead -forehead piece. So um, that's the physical connection. But remember, my husband does chemo every other Monday, and Mondays are hard. They're hard. So one of the things we've started doing is Nevaeh's teacher would take a picture of her commitment for the day and send it to me on my phone, and then I would write her a note back. Her name is chopped off because I didn't have permission at this point when I posted it the first time but I would send her a picture back from the clinic. And her teacher said that made all the difference in the world. So what were the results? I mean, I could read it all, but that tier three plan didn't work. It just didn't work. <coughs> she didn't care about the rewards. That wasn't what she needed. And if you look at the bottom of that left column, that teacher even commented, it's in the tier three plan, that Nevaeh reminds me daily that she needs to go make her commitment with Mrs. Frazier. But the other plan with the connection, with time, she's become able to make commitments that are meaningful and to really reflect on if she met them. 
So the other day she walked in, and before I said anything, she said, we're going to have to keep practicing that one because it was hard. <laughs> and I was like, well, girl, tomorrow, let's keep practicing. She said, we can go ahead and write it down on the form. So she's just become that much more aware. We no longer see Nevaeh the cat. And the big thing to me is she's able to teach others. So she helps her classmates make these commitments now, including some refugee students that we have. And she's kind of taken them under wing to teach them this process. She's exited from that tier three plan in October. And I think that says a lot because there wasn't the need for that anymore. And for me, this isn't about me. This is just about how all of our kids need someone to be their person. So Monday morning, if I step out, it's because it's Monday morning and they're calling and Nevaeh needs to talk to her person. This powerful story reminds us how we are all deeply guided, deeply guided to help one another. And research says that it, we are a genetically program to be of service. We call that in Conscious Discipline the pay-it-forward approach. But Rachel shared it so brilliantly. Now let's hear from Alyssa McGraw. And the title she gave her talk was Be the Change. Good morning. Uh, my presentation is called Be the Change because I've realized through this whole thing that if I'm not the change, I'm not going to see the change. So as I go through my presentation, you will see why. My name is Alyssa McGraw and I teach fourth grade in Palm City Elementary in Florida. And just a little bit about myself. I can't go without talking about my most prized possession is my son Parker. And what a cool birthday. He was born in 050505, right? Um, on the day that we wanted two weeks early. So, um, and he's just a extremely gifted mathematician and baseball player. So the nerds are having babies. Well, my son's a nerd and an athlete, so <laughs> we're off, we're off to, to a good start. Um, I've been married 15 years. I did get married at Walt Disney World, so I had that you know, princess fairy tale wedding. Huge Florida State fan, and that is my dog, Winston. So I was thinking, where do I begin? Where do I begin with conscious discipline? And I really feel like it began in my childhood, and I've learned that um, through coming to, to CD1. And if you look back, you know, I had that fairy tale wedding, but um, when you look, I was born premature, so I was in an incubator for three, month, three weeks. So I did not have that touch with my mother, that skin-to-skin -skin touch. Uh, addiction on both sides of my family, um, like Becky said, none of us are perfect, right? So I'm, I'm laying it out there. Um, I was a competitive gymnast for 13 years, and if you know anything about gymnastics or sports, the expectation is that you are perfect. And if you don't have a 10-0, what did you do wrong, not what you did right? And to make that even harder, my mom, my grandma, my aunt, my uncle, and my stepdad were all my coaches. So I had no way of escaping and getting out, and I tried to quit a few times, and I was told I could not. Um, so, and at the same time, my parents divorced when I was 10, so there's the perfectionist social anxiety and OCD that I realized I was developing, um, but didn't have that person to go to. So conscious discipline has been that change for me. <clears throat> so jump ahead 20 years later, I enrolled my son in a, in a Montessori school. And they said, well, while you're at it, do you want to teach for us? And I said, well, absolutely, because I was a Montessori child. Oh my goodness, I would love to. They said, but we do conscious discipline. And I said, I have no idea what that is, but whatever, I am willing to do it. And so through two years of watching another teacher um, and Ginny Luther coming in, I was exposed to it and finally got to go to CD1 in 2010 and that's where I was just changed forever and I knew that this this was what I was looking for and I just didn't even realize it so I began implementing at home and also at work then I thought what can I do more conscious discipline is already at Bridges Montessori I know I can do more so I switched with my son to a public school 
um, which is where I am now, Palm City Elementary, and I was literally the only teacher. When I say literally the only teacher, we have a staff of about 50 teachers. So here I was, this brand new teacher in Palm City, which is not a very forgiving um, city. Um, parents are, they like to know who their kids' teachers are, and they did not know me. And here I was doing something very different. I wasn't handing out paw prints. I wasn't giving these rewards. So they were kind of like, hmm. Um, so my first year w was, was quite a challenge. However, my second year, a little girl entered my room. No one wanted her, <laughs> sorry. Um, even my son, who's very empathetic, said to me, oh, you have Jasmine in your class. So I knew, oh boy, get ready. And so she came in, and if, if you go to the next slide, um, this is her. And you might look at her and say, wow, she's so cute. She's got a big smile. What you don't know is that smile's fake, and that's a wig. Um, and she would pull out her hair. So she had a grapefruit size bald spot on her head she would sit down for morning line and pick her nose and eat it and suck her thumb so by december she came to school with no hat and no wig and so i said to her jasmine what why why did you stop pulling out your hair she said i didn't need to and i said okay so so what helped you and she said well you let me go to a safe place when i felt like i wanted to pull out my hair and you let me go to my desk and draw instead of pulling out my hair and miss mcgraw i don't pull out my hair anymore and that was only after three months i'm sorry i just get so emotional about that but um then it just kept getting progressively better the following year um oh and this is can you, one more this is actually her in fifth grade so this was two years later she's now a seventh grader at my son's school it's just this amazing um long long hair um but my principal had said to me that year Will you move up to fourth grade? I really think the fourth graders could use you know, these social emotional skills. I said, yes, but I only have one, one thing that I ask. And she goes, I know, you don't want Jasmine. I said, no, I want Jasmine. And she said, who would want Jasmine again? I said, I do, and I want her for fifth grade if I could. Um, I did not move to fifth grade with her, but um, I had her for two years. And she made me realize this, this works and I can, I can really make a change. Um, and she was kind of my, my I guess my switch with, it's not just about me now, now I can help other children, and this was a huge, huge change. So also that same year, two other teachers were kind of like, what are you doing over there? Um, you know, what's different? How did you get, not get, but how, how is Jasmine succeeding? I just, I don't get it. And so they came and watched a little bit and they decided to join me at CD1. So now we were a party of three um, at my school and I was, I was just so thrilled and I'm so thankful to them um, all the time. Then year three, Becky Bailey decided uh, to come visit my classroom. Well, then I was like, wow, who am I? Like, who might have Becky in my classroom? Um, and the, I did have Jasmine in the room that year. Jasmine is, is, is interviewed on some of the things. That made me realize I have more to now offer to other teachers. So it's just kind of been a journey of, okay, first I'm going to help heal myself. Then I'm going to help, you know, in my home. Then I'm going to help heal children. But now I can help teachers. And when she came to, to videotape my classroom, that made me realize, wow, I maybe do have more to offer. Um, and by this point, we had about seven teachers who were implementing. I was having monthly just meetings um, to kind of expose them to, to some different strategies. We were working through the book and, like I said, about seven um, teachers. And that was the first summer that I was asked to present at CD1. 
Year four, I was nominated as Teacher of the Year mainly because of the difference I made in these really difficult children. So I did not win for the county, but I was still a winner at my school. Um, and again, the um, monthly meetings, and this time three more of my coworkers um, went with me to Conscious Discipline. So there we are. So now we had about 10 teachers implementing at my school. This was really cool. That same year, I had students and they were talking about a club. And so we were talking about how clubs were not helpful, you know, because it usually excludes someone. And they said, no, 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 but Ms. McGraw, you're really going to like this one. I said, okay, I can't wait to hear it. They said, we made the I Care Club. I said, well, tell me about it. What's the I Care Club? And they said, well, we want to go, if it's okay with you, during our recess and go teach other classrooms these wonderful skills, these conscious discipline skills. I said, oh, yes, absolutely. And so that's what they would do. They even had shirts made. Some parent bought them all these shirts. And so on the front, I think it says, um, I Care Club, always remember to be a star. And there's a star in the back. It was just incredible. So now they were taking it upon themselves to not only do it themselves, but now to go teach others. And during their recess time, it was, it was really, really incredible. Um, and also on Fridays, they, we have a VPK ESC classroom. Um, and they would go in and, and work with those children and you know, learn to socialize with them. Then year five, you know, just periodic um, meetings. That was last year. I had the most difficult class of my, my entire life. They just kind of loaded, loaded it on because, you know, she can handle it. Um, and it, it was a year of growth for myself, very, very much. Um, but we got through, and there's been some great changes. I can see them in fifth grade, and they're using some of those skills, and that's, that's what I have to hold on to. I couldn't go up with them, but I was still able, able to help them. Um, I went to CD again as a helper and a presenter. Um, so it was one of my first times as a helper, and that was my next step for myself. And then, <clears throat> this is the year that we're in now. And so I'm happy to say I hold two meetings now a month. Um, we have a new principal and a new assistant principal that are really, really gung-ho conscious discipline, but we do have PBIS as well, so it's been kind of a fine line to, you know, to, to walk on. Um, but we have about 25 teachers that come. And like I said, it's twice a month, and I go through the book, and I teach them skills. I actually push into their classrooms during my planning so that I can help coach them. So now they're not just getting the skills. Now I'm able to, to, to model it for them or, or to work with the children so that they can see how this works. Um, so in six years, it went from me to 25 teachers, which affected about 18 students, all the way to about 500 now um, this year with just one person being the change. So be the change you wish to see in the world, and I really believe this. Our job is to not toughen our children up to, to face a cruel and heartless world. Our job is to raise children who will make the world a little less cruel and heartless. And that was my high school that had the shooting um, this week. So just to um, you know, keep, keep them in, in your hearts. And, um, but we're the change. We can do it. Yeah. We're going to move forward. So. There you have it. Maybe what the world needs now is a giant eye care club. So uh, thanks to Alyssa and Rachel. So what's Becky up to? Well, I am preparing for nine satellite CD1s, which is the Conscious Discipline Summer Institute, nine of them. Now that includes the two I'm doing in person. So I'll be doing two in Orlando, uh, one on infant toddlers, which is CD1A, the first session, and I do that every two years. And then the second and third uh, B and C, we call them, uh, will be done on uh, our general uh, Conscious Discipline Summer Institute. 
and those are being broadcast to nine satellite areas, as I mentioned. And what's exciting is, even though I do the infant toddler every other year, uh, we have enough people that uh, are coming this year, so we will be having a satellite in Arlington, Texas. And so now what are we celebrating? Well, we just launched, and we've been working on this for mm, probably two and a half years, and I'm going to probably mess this name up. So all you Spanish speakers out there, I'm begging for forgiveness now. So we just launched Rituales Amorosos. Okay, now that's my version of how you say that, but it actually is I Love You Rituals in Spanish. Now what a bunch of people did, and this is so exciting, is that we got rituals from all Spanish-speaking countries, Colombia, Venezuela, Spain, and we did what I did. We tra we transformed them into a positive message, add movement and connection so that we can take those like we did in English, take the English version of Peter Peter and make it into something positive and make it into something that involves eye contact, touch, presence, and a playful situation. So yay for our team uh, and all our Spanish-speaking uh, CIs and people who joined to make this possible. So with that... Until next time, I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.